Welcome to episode 241 of the No Presidium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from the No Pro studio, the No Pro everything now, uh, in Los Angeles, aka my uh, kitchen table, aka the place I spend all of my time. Um, not a not a massive shift for me uh, now that California, uh, as of last night. Uh, as of midnight, is under uh, a stay uh, safer at home order, uh, somewhere between shelter in place and um, and just do what you want. Uh, of course, this is March twentieth, twenty twenty. For those of you who might be listening to the archives of this or wondering what happened to humanity, um, just uh, run that through our computer network. Search what's going on right now. Um, I don't necessarily need to tell all of you. Uh, we have shifted the recording of the podcast over into our uh, into the Here Discord. So uh, here, the Here Institute, which is a legal entity now, yay! I was going to announce that uh, next week at uh, on stage. It was going to be awesome, and now we can't do that on stage. Anyway, uh, the Here Institute um, uh, is is the owner of No Presidium now. Uh, and, uh, we are marching towards becoming a fully functional 501c3, um, one day, uh, one day, one day when all the things get to happen again. Um, uh, so the here discord, which we established, uh, initially as a place for the folks who are going to the here summit and festival, which was going to be, uh, the 27th, the 29th in Pasadena, uh, we're going to be organizing some AMAs and, uh, salons, out of, out of a bit of the programming that we had planned uh, starting next week, we might have uh, the aim is to have a little cluster on the weekend just to be like, oh, hey, you know what? You can't stop us entirely. Uh, and then uh, carry on from there. Uh, it won't be the exact same programming we were going to have because the point of here was to be here, but uh, we are nevertheless going to have it. And it is going to be uh, for this first weekend, it's going to be open. Also, uh, last night we recorded this episode. Uh, using that Discord in a No Pro Live uh, setup that we did, and then um, a lot of people listened live. Some people uh, were, were asking new questions in in the chat. We haven't quite figured out entirely how we're going to do it. You'll even hear that in the audio recording. Uh, there's going to be some mix of quality because we're using some new systems and trying to figure out. And honestly, this form, you know, might lead to a little more post production. So we're we're, we're going to dial this in over the next couple of weeks uh, and get it just right. I am very excited about the Discord, however, and for the next two weeks, if you want to invite, swing on by the uh, No Pro Slack, say, hey, I want to join, and we'll get you in and do stuff. Uh, I'm looking at the possibility that we might actually tie it into the Patreon, uh, because one, you can. They actually hook together pretty well uh, in terms of what sort of permissions happens. Um, I don't like the idea of creating a class system necessarily, but we do have to in terms of uh, time and in terms of creating value, uh, we have to be a little savvy with what we're doing. Because of course, right now, uh, income for everybody is just um, things things aren't great for everyone. Uh, paradoxically, uh, we we made it clear that we'd be facing some issues going forward, like everyone would. But as we're focused on service and serving serving the community. 
uh, we'd be we'd be facing some, and so we've made some Patreon appeals. A little bit more on that in a moment about our status, because I do have some good news related to that, but we still have more to go. But before I get into how you can help us, let's get into how we can help you. Uh, we have right now uh, on the website, there is a Immersive for Indoor Kids, now playing Immersive for Indoor Kids. At the bottom of that, we are gathering up links to relief funds, mutual aid efforts, other fundraisers, uh, not only funds that need the help of those who have the means to help, but funds that are also there to help those who need the help, right? So if you're someone who has means and can contribute to those funds, uh, I would say focus your efforts locally, right? There are funds in New York, Denver, Los Angeles, and we're adding more all the time, Seattle, we're adding them whenever we find them. Uh, focus your efforts locally. It will pay off hugely in the long run. I just said hugely. I'm sorry. Uh, it'll pay off very well in the long run for everyone if you have the means. And if you don't have the means, if you're facing a shortfall, and we all know that, that, that literally things are uncertain, and my rule about trying not to be political on the show is going to be gone in two weeks because there are just things we need to do to survive as people and to survive as an industry and to survive as an art form. And we must be advocating on those. So expect a soapbox here. Um, sorry if that's not your bag. Uh, well, I'll, I'll see if I can contain it to a certain part of the show. Anyway, uh, we have, we're linking those funds. If you have them, if you know them, please send them to us, to us pitches at nopersidium.com or drop them in uh, either the COVID-19 section of uh, the NoPro Slack uh, or bring them up on the Discord, all right? Again, or drop them in the mutual aids uh, part of uh, everything immersive. All of these tools, all these channels we have, they are there for you to use. Please send us the information and we will then we will then corral it and billboard it and put it where it needs to be done. Um, I don't know what else to do with myself except these things. So please keep it flowing and indeed share out. We need this to be shared out. Uh, the Immersive for Indoor Kids isn't just focused on the relief efforts. There's also, as I mentioned in the show, like as of last night, there were 19 listings already of all kinds of stuff that people can do. You'll hear that again. I won't get into it. Uh, but share that out. The wider we share it out, uh, a couple of things happen. One, more people know about the shows and patronize the shows and feel good for doing that and also help those artists. And two, the more people know that that kind of work exists, the more of that kind of work gets created, right? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, there's a lot of invention going on right now. So uh, help us find more stuff, Pitches at noprosame.com, the Airtable, uh, which is linked in the piece under the submissions. That's the preferred way. Help us find it. Help us get us out there. Uh, we're also going to need some hands to process the information. And one person has stepped up so far. I need to get back to them. That's often the hardest thing uh, about this is finding time to delegate uh, because teaching someone can, can take a little moment. We will be looking for folks to help on that. And so I'm probably going to schedule some orientation sessions uh, in order to, to kind of get this going on. Uh, Leia, in terms of LA, is organizing. Uh, we're, we're reaching out, we're grabbing people and starting to put some task force together to work on some of the, the long-term coming back recovery efforts. 
Uh, I'll, I'll wait till we have some official word out of Leia to say, but we have begun that process of reaching out to folks. I still got some heavy lifting to do there as well. Um, I know this is rough. Trust me, I'm not, uh, uh, I am not all bouncy cheery all the time. Uh, every day for like an hour or two, I hit a hard wall, a very, very hard wall. And, um, uh, I, 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 I'm only, I only get back into it. I only get back into it because I know that you're there, you're there and you need us and you want us. And, uh, we're, we we, we, we're already living for you. So we're just living for you that much harder right now. And, um, you know, with everything being online, some things are easier to do. <laughs> some, some parts of this have become easier. Other parts, not so much. Um, uh, uh, yeah, that's what's up with that. So please, 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 uh, immersive for indoor kids by next week, by like the end of next week, it'll be the, the relief efforts will be split out because there's just enough, but we just wanted one thing to easily hit. So, um, please keep it coming. Please keep it going. Uh, and above all else, please be safe. Please take this seriously. Like if, if, if you're, if you haven't clicked in yet, uh, just, just take a look at what's going on in Italy. Uh, know that we can, what's happening right now is we're trying to bend this thing. We're trying to bend around the worst of it. It's why California is in the condition it is right now. It's why other states are going to get there. Um, we're, we're trying to not have what happened in Italy have happen. We're trying to make it a little closer to what's went on in Korea, a little closer, honestly, to what happened in China. Um, you know, they're, they're out of it now, right? Wuhan has come out of it. Um, at least as far as the official word goes, Hey man, who knows? Right. But as far as the official word goes and for some stuff being, you know, let up, that's what's going. I tend to watch Korea, uh, because they're a little closer to us in terms of the way their, their government is set up. <laughs> so, uh, you know, a little, a little more innocuous there. Anyway, we're in for a rough road. We're in for a rocky road. Um, and I've been talking for a very long time, so uh, and you're gonna hear more of me. You're so sick of me already. I know it, but I want to share what's up with the Patreon because um, we did put the call out last week. Here's what I know is coming. Right, we are going to have a, a fair number of people are not going to be able to be backers anymore. Uh, we have over 300 people who are backers, and uh, it's how I pay my rent. Right, and until we get a rent moratorium, something that we all need by the way, commercial and, and that's, that's a whole thing. We got to fight for that later. We, uh, I know that uh, for us to continue operations, although I don't really know that's what I do myself, not going to leave the house, but in order for us to continue operations, in order for us to do more for everyone, um, what, what we're looking for is for, to expand the number of people who are backers, but keep the amount they're backing low, $2, $5. It's, it's so great and so wonderful when people up their pledges when they have the means, but I do know that those days those days may be limited. There are projections that we could be at this for a very long time. It could be months where we're doing this, all right? So I don't want people to commit now and for us to build expectations now on, on, on something like someone's like, I can come in for 10, I can come in for 25. That is glorious and lovely. And if you really can, hey, thank you. Everyone else, and we will keep whatever kind of tiered bullshit I got to do. We will keep 99% of that, 90% of that stuff 
tied into that. We will we will look at the higher tiers in terms of how that works out with the consulting and the access and whatnot and office hours and may create a few things, right? We can do that with the Discord. We can do that with other things, but we'll structure that out later. You're not interested. What you're interested in hearing is is the, the status report. Um, the status report is... Um, so, so some of that process that I talked about, you know, we've had seven deletions so far. All right. So they came in rapidly. Boom, 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 boom. Seven people dropped out. I am not angry. I'm not upset. I know you got to do what you got to do to survive. I'm also not upset because we have 20 new backers, 20 new backers coming in at those $2 and $5 levels, coming in at that level that is sustainable, coming in at that level that is going to make it possible. Because indeed, if everyone who used what we did was in at that $2 and $5 level, we would be sustainable. We, the, the, my anxiety would just completely go out. And then we'd also start looking at what we could do to get stipends out to our team. So a few people have asked not to be mentioned. That's really cool. You could always ask to not have a shout out. I'm going to skip their names. I am going to read down. And, and if I missed you, if you're someone who didn't want to, I'm sorry. Uh, it is on me. It is my bad. But I, I looked at the messages right before I did this. Here are 17 of our new people. Carly Dwyer, Anna Sawyer, Victor Huang, Emerson Dameron, Nicole Palmietto, Jenny Weintraub, a woman named Sarah, Giz, Giz Jewerts. I probably just effed that up. I'm sorry. Chris Hallisey, Jeff L., Michelle Snyder, Peter Michael Marino, Melissa Bowden, Jonah Levy, Deirdre Butchko, Deirdre, I just messed up your name, Katie Lewis, and Bradley Gula. All of you. Thank you so much. Um, also, I had six people up their pledges. David Thomas over there in Denver. Jay Bushman. Hey, Jay. Long, like, been there from the start. Thank you. Abel Horwitz. Hey, Abel. Also, like, goes way back. Dustin Freeman. Hey, Dustin. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe I'll get to see you here this year anyway. I know you can make it out with the original dates. Who knows? Jarrett Lance. Jarrett, uh, I'm, I'm, when, the, when we get all back to this, I'm, I'm so happy that that uh, the nest exists. And Michael Masukawa, thank you, Michael, I don't know you, uh, but thank you. <laughs> You're people I don't know. Um, thank you all so much. We do paradoxically stand stronger than we ever have. We are like $10, we're at 18, we're at uh, 1890 right now, which means we're $10 away from 1900, uh, which is the most we've ever had. It's, it's weird, I feel weird about that, but also I know it's what needs to be. Um, if we're going to get through this, um, and if we can keep on serving you as best as we can, patreon.com slash no proscenium, all of you join the ranks of those who have, have made this thing really possible and are sustaining backers who are the spine of what we do. Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F, Lonnie hands on Ari Hurston, Sam Kidkin, Sydney Guillory, Jeremy, Charles Hahn, and Brittany. And I know some of you will probably have to drop out. It's okay. It's okay. Everyone else. When they drop out, that's like 50 to 75 a throw. So just know we need more bodies, a wider net to keep us sustained. Um, and that's happening. And I'm thankful. And we're going to serve you guys as much as possible. I have talked now for 15 minutes. That is bad because you're going to get more of me in a second. Long episode, new format. Let's just get into it. Uh, I will see you on the other side for a very short wrap up. Uh, oh, oh, wait, hold on. I can't even do that. We have two segments this time. All right. So there's a, there's an opening segment and then there's a little pause and then there's a second segment where we come back. All right. 
Uh, so long show, like I said, new format. First segment, it's Catherine, it's Ricky, it's David, it's Will and me. All right. Uh, second segment, Catherine sticks around, uh, David, Ricky and Will, they have to jet off. Uh, Anthony comes on and joins us and so does Kara. Uh, so, uh, that's, that's how we go. Uh, so two shifts this time out. Hopefully this keeps you, um, <laughs> entertained. We go there sometimes. Uh, we also keep light. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a little temperature check. Okay. Um, so as always, let us know what you think. Sorry for the 16-minute intro. Uh, it's, it's the way it is right now. All right, folks, that's enough vamping. That's enough everything. Welcome to the first actual official No Pro Live Discord uh, chat version Um the, a brand new era in multiple ways. Uh, I, of course, am uh, Noah Nelson. Uh, you will have heard my voice already if you're not listening to this live, uh, because we'll do a cold open. Joining us also, I'm going to start with uh, the executive editor of No Persinium. That would be... This is Catherine Yu. All right. Joining us from Room Escape Artist is... David Spira. Uh, no pros... Uh, MR, what are we saying? MX, MR, VR, what are we even doing anymore? Oh, that's a good word for it. Uh, I would say the VR, AR. Headset. Headset. Let him talk, man. I get it. I get it. I know. Everyone just takes the thunder. Uh, I will say a VR, AR correspondent. Very good. Who is? Oh, that's right. My name is Will Cherry. And last but not least, there is. Uh, you. Yes. That... <laughs> uh, Ricky Briganti, uh, uh, currently with Pseudonym Productions. Currently? When you say currently, oh, as, I mean, it's as, your as, company, as... man. Is Sarah going to fire me? Uh-oh. Wow. Oh, no. like, it's, it's, you know, guys aren't even under going on in the world these days. Wait, are you guys under quarantine? I don't even know what's happening anymore. Right so... out of the gate, we have arguments. It is really going to be fun here for the next few weeks. <laughs> exactly. Um, this uh, Normally, we would not be doing this kind of thing. Like On a rare occasion, we would gather everybody by, um, by computer to talk uh, because that's not really our thing. <laughs> well, joke's on us. It's now all of our things by order of the government. We are not allowed to leave our homes, so we're doing this. Um, obviously, everyone's listening. Uh, you're pretty much all living under the same uh, auspices right now. I wanted to get the team together just to kind of, you know, check in with everybody, see what's popping on uh, on the immersive front. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, we have now started... Um, uh, the, I don't want, I nearly said the successor and that would have made me sad. We've now started a companion now playing uh, section of the site uh, now playing for indoor kids who are the indoor kids. We're all the indoor kids, um, which as of uh, today, when we put the newsletter version of it out, uh, had 19 items in it, 19 uh, pieces of content. Uh, and we've had this thing, uh, it's existed for, about 24 hours and we already got 19 things in it that people can do or connect with uh, from uh, escape rooms you can watch uh, and participate in via video chat uh, to alternate reality experiences to VR and, and more. And I'm hoping that we can kind of, you know, people can bring more stuff uh, to the table as we talk tonight. 
But um, yeah, it's actually kind of weirdly exciting. It's something probably always should have done. And now it exists. Catherine, how's putting this thing together been? Well, um, it's a slightly easier in that, you know, um, a lot of times we spend a lot of back and forth with creators, making sure that we are absolutely accurate in terms of the physical touch advisories, if there's any contact within a given piece, as well as whether someone in a walker or a wheelchair can participate, if there's going to be a lot of stairs, if there's going to be places to sit and rest. And because the vast majority of these experiences are from your living room or bedroom, um, that's been really interesting to see. And also, you know, um, some folks are going immediately to teleconferencing, uh, such as tools like Zoom. Other folks are thinking maybe we'll just do it a little bit more old fashioned, you know, a telephone call. Um, I think we've only had one primarily SMS based experience thus far. So it's interesting to see that or, um, well, I think a couple of trends we're probably going to see folks who have done remote experiences in the past reviving them with tweaks. So I've already uh, heard some noise around that. Uh, creators who are figuring out how they want to iterate and incorporate things that they've learned. And then folks who are using this as something that might extend uh, something that they were already working on. So for example, Troy Heard with Majestic Rep in Las Vegas, the character who's gonna be live on Instagram this coming Sunday is from the show that they closed early. So they're kind of extending that universe in a way, which is a great use of Instagram stories, a great use of Instagram live, make sure that you know you can keep trying to give people a taste of what your theater company's about, what kind of worlds that you're building. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, Majestic Rep is particularly good at the Instagram live. Like uh, not not uh, not enough people follow the NoPro Instagram, uh, in my humble opinion. Uh, and uh, because we do these wonderful takeovers, <laughs> we did these wonderful takeovers and maybe we will uh, find new ways to do takeovers in the future. Um, but the people who do the best takeovers consistently have been the folks at Majestic Rep. Like, they just bring characters to life in the Instagram, and it's just an absolute joy whenever they've done one of the takeovers. So uh, definitely, uh, S for Salvation is uh, this Sunday at 2 o'clock Pacific. Uh, it's probably going to be fun. There's going to be a call-in line, so uh, they're, 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 making the they're making the most of it. Um, and that's something that I'm really excited about, like how many people are, are actually making the most of all of this stuff. Will, what have you seen so far? Boy, that's that's a good question. Um, it's interesting, actually, in that, and this is some news that kind of came in through today. Uh, outside the headset space, obviously, the huge thing is AR and filters. And I know there's some hardware developments that have been coming out from, from Apple's side that are kind of cool, but they've been dwarfed by the fact that the filter submission process for Instagram has been on halt. So a lot of ways that people like to communicate on Instagram is to make filters through Spark AR or, or through Snapchat Lens Studio, but no more being accepted because of the number of people spreading false information with filters. Uh, which is really, really wild. And so a lot of companies, individuals, uh, anyone, you name it, even in that space, they're all on pause, not knowing what to do, which oh I thought is the opposite of what I would expect from this kind of scenario. When you're at home, you can create, you can express yourself. And that kind of puts a giant dampener on it. Yeah. I mean, there's something about, and if anyone wants to jump in on one of these, like this doesn't have to just be like Noah Collins on everything everyone says, but there's, um, I mean, that's what everyone's expecting, but it doesn't have to be like that. Um, 
the, the scale at which these companies operate, right? I mean, that's the thing. Like there's so many people and, and, you know, like, like a certain virus, bullshit spreads so easily uh, and so much faster, <laughs> right? So it's, it's just, it's really unfortunate. David, I think you've got something there. You took an in-breath. Yeah, I just say it's, my heart goes out to both to, to the social media platforms who are trying to wrangle this because when you start to think about how hard it is to moderate things at scale, if you're, you know, all of this is pretty much being done by bots. And if that bot is off by 1% in any given direction. Oh, were you, you know, around? Were you around for what happened like yesterday on oh, Facebook? When, uh, when just basically everything was being flagged as, uh, as, 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 Oh false yeah, you information. guys got that too. The false information flag. It was, happen it was happening everywhere, and so this is what happens when, when you're off by you know just a percent, then it, you're talking about you know in millions of posts that end up getting misflagged. So these companies are catching a lot of flack for not filtering enough of the bad stuff, and now they have gone beyond the point where they're now filtering out good stuff and that's the that's the core problem with automated um with, with automated filtering and, and really automated censorship is what it is yeah i mean um, I, I watched that thing go in real time and it started with our relief effort um posts because like i had i had deigned to like <clears throat> post it as a comment like to people asking like for it you know they're like oh, oh hey what's that i was like here's the link go give money because Leia set up a relief fund. We raised like, I haven't checked today, but like as of yesterday, it was like $1,400 that we had raised and we're just like handing over to like folks who need it, just kind of redistributing money. Uh, you know, some of the folks on the Leia founding board have like put money into it. So it's not us trying to collect money for ourselves and us trying to give away what money we have to some degree and, and, and you know, redistribute wealth. Um, and And it was being ripped out. And at first I was like, Oh, are they doing the thing where like Facebook's like, you can't have a GoFundMe. You got to use Facebook give. Uh, and, and then it just kept on going. And then suddenly people were like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like my post about this is gone. And it was just like wildfire. It was, it's, it's, it's not nefarious. It's just, this is the reality that they're all struggling with. My suggestion to people uh, something we're doing on Room Escape Artist is we're avoiding using the words COVID, coronavirus, and virus. Uh, that way, when people are, we, that way we're not, we're, we're reducing the opportunity that we have to get caught in the filters. That's a smart move. Um, I mean, there's not just filter suppression, but also the idea that I think everyone is bombarded with this information that if you kind of uh, freshen that up a little bit, I realize a lot of people when they're trying to make content uh, both immersive and traditional in this space are trying to keep everything lively and address the problem, but try to move beyond it without even getting stuck into the terminology of it because it just gets people so upset, especially on social media platforms. Yeah. But it, even beyond that, it just on the practical level of like just avoiding these keyword filters that are, you know, that, that are just going to be a problem for you. Um, and you know, there's a lot to be said for trying to keep things more upbeat as well, which we're certainly trying to do. Um, but it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of different dynamics there and, and there's, there are not going to be easy solutions for anybody. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I mean, there's not gonna be, that's the thing is like, 
there's no easy solutions for anybody with, with any of the stuff that we're, we're looking at right now. And like, I will, I'll pivot to Ricky in a second because he and I had a conversation early in the day, which sort of touched on some of this stuff. I don't know if we're going to get that, that depressing. But um, it also just shows to me across the board just how thin, how thin the layer of our civilization <laughs> seems to actually have been this entire time, right? Just like just just a, a nice little like gold leaf <laughs> on I don't know. I, I think it's kind of holding up better than you'd expect. I mean, let's. I guess we got to give it like a week and see, like you know, how long, how long will this like hold together? I'm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about seven hours a day, and like pessimistic, a hard pessimist for like two hours of every of every day when I'm like awake right now. Uh, like, there's a, there's a point every day where I hit a wall. Um, I hit that wall about five o'clock tonight, uh, and luckily worked through it in order to be able to do this part. Cause you did not want that version of me hosting the show. It would have been disastrous. Um, Ricky, where are you at right now? Uh, I'm, I'm quarantined in the basement of my house. Um, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, you know, this, what you just said is definitely a, a psychological ride that I've been going through as well. And, uh, you know, hitting the late night over here on the East coast at 11 PM. Now it's been a full day of, of riding it all back and forth. And, uh, where I'm left is, uh, back in the comfort of, uh, where I've been for so many years. And that's in the world of watching, uh, you know, Disney's stock go down, but Disney's content be tremendously valuable to the world. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, you know, I saw somebody that said that the original social distancer, uh, the best was Luke Skywalker. And I think that was pretty, uh, pretty spot on. I think Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill was sending a gif of, uh, of himself around saying, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I, I must also marvel at, uh, at, at in hindsight, you know, a, a month or so ago when we heard that Bob Iger was no longer going to be Disney CEO and everyone went, wow, that was really interesting, sudden news. I wonder why that is. I, I feel like he somehow, being as brilliant as he is in the world of business, saw all of this coming in front of him and was just like, mm, I'm just going to hand this off to somebody else. Yeah, I'd be... I'd be interested because what came out today, right, is that there was uh, not to go politics on everybody, but two senators have been caught doing a big sell-off. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, right at a time of the briefing, right? And the thing is, like the senators, of course, they have to, they have to, they have to tell, they have to tell what they sell, right? Their families don't. And so, what I haven't done yet is I haven't traced that back to the day that Bob Iger, you know, took a hike, right? So. Um, that could that could also prove really interesting. Uh, I put quotes all around really interesting and then make those quotes like make them on fire and really agitated in an anime way. And that's what I mean by really interesting. Um, so, I mean, yeah, this is this is like the this is the world we live in with this stuff right now. And our little corner of it is definitely not immune. So and I think a lot of the people that we have listening in, they're going to be concerned with you know, what we see in terms of immersive both. And I think that's one of the things we're trying to like lay out here, right? So we've got, we've got the indoor kids stuff. So we're trying to like marshal and create a spotlight like we always did. Like I kind of found some of the, some of the listings for a few of the things 
they really reminded me of like the first year of no pro when I would be like looking for an escape room and like, you know, the, the description of the, the escape room would be like, all, it is a room with locks in it that you must solve. And like, that would be the entire description on a website, <laughs> right. Of like what, what the product, this is how they're trying to sell their product. And so I'm seeing some of the same stuff right now. It's like, Oh, everyone's just like, everyone doesn't know how to do this yet, which I was literally looking at the same thing earlier. I was like, you know, this is fantastic that there's all these things you can do online. And then, and then as I'm like realizing, I'm like, they're all things that say we're going to text and phone and webcam and live stream. We're like, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the technology we're using. I mean, hopefully a week (laughs) from now we'll be a little, a little more savvy. And Catherine, to your point, like hopefully we'll start seeing the, some of the folks who've been doing remote work already um, really doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been doing some back and forth with pop-up theatrics and they did like Skype theater back in 2013. So wow. the, they sent out a survey saying, hey, should we revive our show? And of course the answer is yes, but the original version of that show they actually had people uh, going to a location and that's where all the laptops were set up. So they're trying to figure out how they can relaunch it as more of like a many-to-many sort of experience as opposed to people needing to congregate. But like if you go and you just Google like Skype theater, you'll find some older articles um, around the work that they were doing and other work that other folks were doing at South by Southwest in like the early 2010s. And then um, Samantha Gorman of Tenderclaws very rightly pointed out, you know, this kind of digital performance has actually been around for a while, but not necessarily been in the zeitgeist. So she pointed at um, a text by Steve Dixon called Digital Performance, A History of New Media in Theater, Dance, Performance, Art, and Installation. Uh, Luckily for me, I am currently a student, so I can get it for free from my academic institution, but I'm looking at some of the chapters and it's talking about webcams live from cyberspace theater in space, uh performing interactivity that digital piece, theater that piece that wouldn't happen to be on jstor would it is it available uh, on JSTOR? you know it's a it's a book S- i know what okay. you're thinking noah i know what you're yeah. thinking and i i would have checked but i think it's a book and it's not in their system that's for academic papers okay like cool, where you're cool, going cool. Yeah, yeah. because yes. i was just like oh some things well i mean oh, academic books i mean that whole that's a whole thing. $250 that no one will ever get or see. Blah. But maybe a little bit more accessible. Um, it's all a lot of the work from Blast Theory in the UK. All their case studies are online. And then earlier today, Dustin Freeman of Escape Character, who did Aluminum Cat last year, mm-hmm. was like, here's yeah. a bunch of videos and things that we learned and my insights and the way that we frame it and the types of choices that we allow the audience to make. And here's what our, like the stru- how structured our script was. Yeah. So when I started to actually look around, I was like, oh, uh, you've got Kate Lane, you've got Candle House Collective, you've got the Under Presents, you've got Escape Character, you've got all of the stuff that like back when it was, you know, CD-ROMs or when Skype first came out. So there is a rich history around this sort of digital performance. I think what's been missing is just a focus on it and maybe ways to tie it all together with more contemporary technology. Demand, right. I mean the, the demand, like it's been there, but like, like a, a ravenous demand, a ravenous need for 
for this stuff to exist. I mean, I, I think the first thing I did when I when I put up the indoor kids piece, one of the taglines I get gave was like, "There's more to life than Netflix and Disney Plus," right? <laughs> because like we're going to, we're gonna get we're gonna get sick of that real quick, right? Like we're we're about to test just how much can people actually binge television. Hey, I would I would argue that my old website inside the magic was the original <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> 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 and, and and that was you know in 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 some ways I've, I've i've seen a bunch of lists going around and be like hey here's something you can do from home watch ride through videos of of disney rides because i mean immersive definitely uh and and i was like oh wow that's that's a throwback for me at this point <laughs> uh, but uh i can tell you for certain that we will not be uh resurrecting no filter uh for this time around uh because that nearly killed us but it uh, in, in the name of like offering, uh, you know, it, there's definitely some lessons to be learned from people who have done things in the past that perhaps uh, we'd like to see new artists not go down same, you know, sort of extremely exhausting paths. And that leaves me to wonder whether there should be, uh, you know, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but like the equivalent of only fans for like super awesome theater people like performances that are going on that people can tune into and and money you know exchanged in the right ways and you know there's like there's like begs to be a platform for that right yeah like one-to-one subscription services for um for artists at this time and i mean the the infrastructure definitely exists and i'll cop to it like people don't know what ricky was referring to uh there, there's a porn site called only fans uh and it's there you go uh oh my god and, and it's, it's, hey, if you, no see the thing it, is if you go to the website it doesn't reference that at all that happened right. rather organically behind the scenes it was designed to be exactly what you know for musicians to show off and right you know and all of that and that's just kind of what happened i am yeah. learning so much today so it it uh well and it, it probably went that way because they didn't put certain contact content restrictions right? right so like uh you know much the same way i mean youtube could be filled with porn but they have content restrictions so instead there's like five other sites just like that this is right? like tumblr pretty much yeah and exactly and tumblr because tumblr went ahead and allowed it for a long time and then when tumblr restricted it tumblr died right, right? so it's like it it's once you go down that path, like it becomes a big part of your traffic. And if you, if you rip it out, then, you know, you're doomed. I mean, Facebook has never allowed it. Facebook's never allowed it on Instagram. They've grown. Um, and there's, there's constant, you know, things going on in Instagram, you know, like people getting restricted and whatnot and flagged, but there, it, it's sort of like, you know, I think of the fact that Twitch started as Justin TV but then like found its niche in doing video games. And then kind of only now has kind of come back around to doing more than just video games in the past couple of years, even though they like changed their, the name of the entire company over to Twitch. Um, the tools are all there. Um, it's not exactly someone can pull something down off the shelf, but the demand hasn't been there yet. And now I think there, there may be some room for some one-to-one assuming there's enough, um, enough money being injected into the market to make it worthwhile. Right. Like I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the things that are coming into market right now and I'm seeing like the price point on it and I'm kind of getting a little bit of like, Ooh, gosh, that's, 
that feels like a lot of money right now when when right. when everyone's watching their paychecks disappear. And at the same time, I know exactly it's like, yeah, no, like people gotta people need the money. They gotta eat. Uh, literally, they gotta pay the the rent that's not doesn't have a moratorium on it, and everything's gone haywire. But uh, I'm also that point, saying, I, I would love to see the 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 list y'all are putting together find some footing. You know, if, if we can all do our part in like spreading it around, because you know, keeping it sort of inside the immersive community is great, but it's a lot of artists and it's a lot of people who are not able to pay $60 for a phone call right now. Um, but if it, you know, made it to some, some big headlines or got out there on social media and people realized, Oh, there's these cool interactive things that I can be part of as you know, we continue to be quarantined for another month. Uh, then, you know, there could be more of a, a money flow that aren't coming from, you know, necessarily the people who need it most. No, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm already thinking about, you know, there are the folks who are going to be coming, we, we were going to have some national press coming to here. And I'm already thinking about once it's had a few days and once it's kind of gotten mature, because uh, there's, there's a couple of companies in there who, you know, we've reviewed in the past and we know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, this, this work is solid. Um, but there, there's a lot of people whose work I don't know. And so as a curator right now, I don't necessarily feel comfortable running to the national press and saying like, oh, hey, right. look look at all these people who are making this stuff. Because like, I don't know, like half of it could be really bad. Uh, and that would, you know, kill it in the crib. But once some of these folks, once like, you know, Dustin and, and Kate and a few other folks, they, they start getting into it, then we'll be able to say to those folks, hey, here's this thing that's going on. Here's this thing that's beyond. And then I think those, you know, there's more to life than Netflix and Disney, Disney plus, you know, there's more to life than just like, you know, podcasts. I feel like we're going to see like, this is the week of everyone finding new shows to binge watch. Next week is the week where everyone starts saying, oh, look, we can watch feature films at home now because they're releasing them all. The week after that is podcasts. And if we're still doing this three, four weeks from now, that'll be our turn to shine because they will have gone through Netflix <laughs> feature films and podcasts. There'll be, there'll be nothing left to write about. Especially as, uh, as everyone at GameStop gets arrested for violating the law and staying open. <laughs> oh, you're so God. right. But the positive is that for those of us who have a little bit less patience in some ways, I've turned a little bit more towards the, the streaming environment. And I think the interactivity between stream services like Twitch and Mixer, between the performers and the audience, could actually lead quite a lot here. And I know someone, I think Patrick has asked already about like, how do we get that, that, that not marketing, but how do we get people to be aware that this is what we do and this is how we do it well? I think we have to build on top of that platform and build it into that ecosystem as a branch. And then it leads into what we do best. I think that's probably the best way to go. Yeah. I mean, the ideal scenario would be something where some stuff could be happening on Twitch and then people could, you know, pivot into, you know, one-on-one -on -one scenarios, mm -hmm. right? Like get that, get that kind of like premium level. Cause Twitch is always going to be pretty darn performative. Um, just because it's about it's it's a broadcast platform it's one it's one to many um and even when there's interactivity like you know i haven't spent a lot of time like sitting on a twitch chat but i know that when something gets popular it just aside from being oh god uh it just moves so quickly that like even collective agency is not something that can really emerge readily in that form mm -hmm. um and isn't necessarily 
there's there's like a, a different business approach or or monetization approach to online from physical in in making that translation like you know you bring up one to one one to many but there's this other version of that in which there is one to one purchase but you don't know how many people on the other end are you know participating or watching i certainly you know a- anyone who does a podcast knows that you get your your download count but you don't have any clue how many actual listeners you have because you know for years i was told yeah i download it and i listen to it with my whole family i'm like okay so do i multiply the download count by like three and that's how many people are actually listening um so you know it's a different like if you can attract 100 people to your show in real life you might only sell 20 tickets online virtual tickets because it gets you know shared around yeah david um You've been silent for a minute. What's what's your angle on all this? So the escape room world has been kind of dabbling in this in a few different ways over the last few years. Uh, it's not entirely new, although for most of the industry it is. And so we have on like the you know the more traditional podcasty side, we have Escape This Podcast, which uh, is run by a lovely couple from Australia and. It's basically D&D in the form of an escape room, and they do a wonderful job of narrative storytelling and kind of building audio puzzles into, into the experience. We've been on there twice, uh, and they've, they've been growing in popularity. They had Neil Patrick Harris on as a, as a player uh, last year uh, in a delightful episode. Uh, he's also a big escape room player. Um, but then there's also something called U-Escape that's been around for a while. And it is basically an escape room played through Google Hangouts, uh, where a guy named Nick from Athens, Greece, he kind of sets his camera up pointing at his desk and he has a whole bunch of props and he kind of takes you through a little bit of a story. And mostly you just see his disembodied hands as he manipulates the things that you tell him to do. Um, and he, he's gotten really clever with it. Um, and then there are there's a company in, out of New Jersey called Trapdoor that has a streaming platform that they, where they have and I haven't done it yet. Been planning to get to it, um, but I think that they have some way where you can basically play their real life escape rooms uh, through a video platform. And they have they they have you you basically have it's I think it's more or less a choose your own adventure type game. Um, but there's a lot of different experimentation. There are a lot of companies that are trying to figure out how they can enter this space very rapidly because the escape room industry as a whole has taken a massive, massive hit from, from, from this. Just a lot of companies with very high rent and very expensive insurance. And, uh, and, and some of them have a lot of employees. Um, that they're either trying to to take care of, or many of them at this point have already realized that they can't. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of different approaches that are starting to emerge on that side. And then we also, of course, have all the tabletop escape rooms that we've been covering for years. And we're putting, at least on Room Escape Artist, we're putting a very heavy emphasis on in the near term. Projecting forward a little bit because we've got the we got the the next team is going to be rotating in and not too long. We'll take a little break when we do that. Um, but you, you know, David, you just mentioned you know there are companies that are you know here's the sad part of the show, right? That are that are looking at well the impacts on this. I mean, I think n- none of us really know how long this will go on, but 
we know now at least at least in Los Angeles, we know that you know it's going to be till April nineteenth is how long we're all told for like one one whole month where we're expected to uh, be safer at home, which means non-essential businesses are shut. And, um, you know, for anyone who makes a living at an escape room or an immersive experience, that that is an essential business for them. But obviously what they're talking about is pharmacies, grocery stores, doctors. Um, it could go beyond that. Uh, this, this inevitably, I think we, we we're all aware now that what we're experiencing is going to fundamentally reshape the society as a whole. Um, but I guess, David, what's, what's the temperature? And then for everybody else, you know, are, where in the stages of grief are we <laughs> at the moment, uh, in, in, in the various fields that we, that we connect to here? I'm wondering what everyone's seeing. Because, like, because David, you've got escape rooms, and Ricky, you got ties to themed, and Catherine, you can stand for for immersive uh, theater and 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 our stuff, and Will, you can you can stand for VR. So, what's what's always emotion of the future, but what's the temperature right now? David, we'll start with you. Yeah, I my read on the escape room community, speaking to a lot of different owners, and also watching the take place online is that it's it's heavily geographic there are a lot of companies in in parts of the country that are just very clearly in denial about the situation uh but there's a, a very large number of companies especially those in larger cities where the the threat of this has become much more pronounced and realized uh that are you know they, their their doors are closed they have already you know they are already a week past in some of these cases having to make these hard decisions having to look at their employees and say look one of you has an alternate source of income so i can you know i can only continue to pay one of you the one that doesn't have any other income is the one that i'm i'm going to keep uh some of them can't even afford to make that choice they're wondering whether they can even pay themselves it it's been it's been really grim and and very sad. The you know this is there there are no easy way out ways out. Um, we we put out a post yesterday addressing you know the escape room world in this era of pandemic and quarantine. And one of the things that we were really heavily focused on, and that I'm going to continue to be focused on, is that for all of the political bluster that I've heard over my entire life from both sides of the aisle. This isn't a partisan thing about how critical small businesses are to the American economy. I've just never seen it. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been owning small businesses for over 15 years. And if I had a dollar for every single time I heard the phrase, small businesses are the backbone of the American economy, I would have a lot more money. I don't have a lot more of anything than any government has ever done for my small businesses. And this is where we're at right now is that these, these businesses are going to, they're, they're, they're suffering. They're not going to be around if this goes on for very long. And mm, that's, that's probably the thing I, I, I see, I see some, some folks are being, you know, um, vocal about it and some folks aren't, but I definitely know a, a few businesses, uh, you know, in, in, in the spheres that I connect with, uh, that are, they're facing some hard choices uh, here in Los Angeles about this. And 
and I'm I'm scared. I'm scared for them. Uh, these are these are businesses I rely on, and if something isn't structurally done, um, and and if 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 the only answer is that there's going to be uh, unemployment checks coming and they're going to be needs means tested, um, for people working, you know, salary and hourly jobs, then that just does not address the freelancers. It does not address small business owners. It, yeah. it really, and it means that, you know, we're, we're going to be facing, uh, a, a great, uh, something on the, the size of the, the great depression, like yeah. straight up. The the fact of the matter is, if this allow if this goes on as it's you know as it might, you know, escape rooms are kind of just the tip of the iceberg. There, you know, the restaurant industry is you know is is massive and facing an incredible threat. You know, their retail, especially the non-chain retail, these companies just can't absorb that kind of non-operation. Well, and you know, I th there's the the non-chain folks, but I also think the chain folks, right? I mean, a lot of them are cash poor. It's why they're asking for bailouts mm -hmm. again, right? Yeah, like they they took those tax cuts that they got a year ago, and again, I'm not this is just accurate reporting. They did stock buybacks, right? So they 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 plunged it back in in that way. They don't they don't have a lot of liquidity, and now suddenly, you know. They're saying that Boeing is, you know, going to be bankrupt, you know, or that this airline or that airline is going to like fall apart in just a few months because uh, no one's got liquidity. And but these these are industries where people where they can ask, they have a voice, right. they have lobbyists, they you know right. they have they have they have publicly traded stock. That's not the case for all these small businesses. They don't have that kind of voice, and they they don't stand together in a way that you know, other industries do. Well, and that's something that the, the standing together part is a thing that has to change very rapidly. Agreed. Um, I think that's, that's, that's an absolute critical thing right there. Um, Ricky, how are you, how, yeah. how's, how's your, uh, how's your psychic powers going in the <laughs> right now? Um, I mean, if there's, if there's one thing that I think uh, could be, a positive out of this is, you know, in the themed entertainment industry, which is obviously the leader of, uh, you know, this immersive industry as a whole by by far in terms of dollars and and attendance and attention. Um, it, it, you know, Disney Disney is not gonna miss a beat to recover as soon as they can, and so that means as soon as social distancing is over, as soon as we know that this virus is under control, like literally the day that happens, those parks will be open again. Everything will will be flowing again. But in the meantime, it it is you know Disney stock is down like thirty eight percent, and and if you think about what their company is, it's literally it's parks and cruises and theater and ad sales and uh, you know just about everything that involves uh you know every every arm of business that is shut down right now so uh you know i've read disney is is losing anywhere from 300 to 350,000 dollars a day as a company for 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 shutdown and so you know next quarterly reports not going to be too happy but they're they're in no risk of you know disappearing 
you know, despite perhaps the one analyst that has grabbed all the headlines of Apple, you know, potentially acquiring them, which, you know, that's been floated for years now. So who knows about that? Um, but that aside, you know, I, I, I like to look hope, you know, be hopeful and, and look to the eventual eventuality of us returning to normal. And, uh, that I, I think Disney will actually prove to be some somewhat of a leader in that and give us some good, you know, positivity and and a return to uh, to normalcy in the industry. And uh, there's one person I really don't envy, and that's Bob Chapek. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, Bob. Uh, good, good, good luck there. Good luck. OK, here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Oh, no, I know. We're going to take a break after Will because Will's going to have to bounce and we're going to have we're going to do a cycle here. And so David and Ricky and Will are going to cycle off and then we're going to bring Kara and Anthony on to uh, replace them. So, Will, give us the uh, look, see from the VR world. Well, I'm going to combine a little bit of VR and games here. And I know Catherine can correct me anytime because she is more tuned in than me, but uh this coming week, actually, I think even tomorrow, we're seeing a bunch of social games coming out, uh, like Animal Crossing, which is a huge uh, life simulator game. In a weird way, it's going to kind of help people in the next two weeks communicate with, obviously, AI, not real people, but they're trying to bridge these gaps together. Um, but I can see, though, that in the next week, we're going to see Half-Life Alex come out, which is a first-person huge title coming from Valve. And it's technically impressive, but also impressive in terms of every bit of its story. However, I will say that even though these great titles are coming out and Pistol Whip's being updated and all these great little single-person games, there's been this huge, huge need and a call-out, a push, really, for telepresence. And we had like an XR Social Club uh, chat just the other day where we had a bunch of uh, friends in VR together to to just talk and we had 20 people at a time just coming in and we've never had this much of a number so we're seeing this need for social communication whether it's uh, organized or not and I think that need is going to keep rising uh, well above single player experiences and more and more into multi-user face-to-face uh, -face type of interaction and that's that's my take that's my two cents Segment two, still with us is Catherine. Hello, Catherine. Hello. All right. Joining us from uh, the Long Beach quarantine zone is... Hi, this is Anthony Robinson, coming to you live from Long Beach, locked in. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, and joining us formerly of Los Angeles, now of Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hey, guys. It's Kara Mandel. How are you? Boom. All right. We are all here right now. Um, okay, so we were, we ended the last segment with kind of everybody like tagging in on the long-term thing. So we'll treat this episode like it's a palindrome and we'll start on the long-term and on the downbeat and hopefully, uh, by the end of it, move to the green shoots and what people are excited about what they're seeing, like at this very moment. So, um, Anthony, uh, well, actually Catherine, you were going to be next up. So why don't we, why don't we start with you as like the bridge point? Wait, are we are we doing the doom and gloom? We're doing the doom and gloom, because <laughs> oh, I don't want I don't want us to end on the doom and gloom, right? I know. You know, like I and I like the idea. I mean, because because there's a part of me that's just like, yeah, you know, I get exhausted too. So, 
it's tough to prognosticate right now, right? You know, um, just there's so much about live immersive theater that is about intimacy and about being in the same place as someone. And so while the remote stuff is really cool, I don't know if there's ever going to be a replacement for that. And even if you aren't physically touching someone, like it, it is powerful to have that connection with an actor who might be a few inches away, you know? Yeah. Six, six, six foot radius theater coming soon to, <laughs> to a living room near you. Um, I mean, you know, good for like, you know, occult ones you gotta like you you put the actor in a magic circle and then you just like you can't you can't cross the boundary of the magic circle right you know like there's some stuff we can do there i'm being a little facetious but at the same time i'm not i'm realizing oh no you could totally do that like that would be a way to do it um you know fourth mandatory fourth wall all the little props and things like talismans and tokens that you might give or receive like a lot of that's got to be rethought well, I mean, I mean, I think like, look, like, this is not a species-ending event that we're that we're dealing with here, um, because if, I mean, we got people are going to handle things, right? I think it, what we're really seeing in the macro is we just don't have the infrastructure to deal with something like this. We don't have enough ventilators. We don't have enough hospital beds. We don't have enough uh, of a testing infrastructure to uh catch ourselves up uh quickly right and so like a lot of that stuff's going to come on in fact i think that's one of the reasons why i've i'm not pessimistic 24 7 because i know that as the capacity ramps up like it's it's not just about flattening the curve it's also about raising the ceiling on where the curve can be right like the more resources we put into this thing the more capacity we have the less we have to shut down our entire society every time something like this comes back, right? Otherwise, because, you know, when we come back, nightclubs are going to be a thing. I mean, if, if we spend the next month, two months, three months, four months, like on these forms of lockdown, like people are going to be touch starved. They're going to be just antsy. Like it's going to be, I mean, there's going to be a freaking baby boom because of it, right? Like, it's going to be like everyone coming back from war and just like zoop and going off. Um, and then in 13 years, we'll have a bunch of quarantines. We'll have a bunch of quarantines. Oh, and then we'll have... Welcome, everyone. That's and then we'll what I'm ha- here for. Yep. Thanks, and then we'll Kara. And then we'll have a new generation of boomers, and they'll be just as bad as the first <laughs> generation of boomers. Stop. Well, but like oh, more seriously, listen entitled. Um, sorry, what? Like, like, like the sprinkle pool at the Museum of Ice Cream. All of the ball pits, all of the interactive exhibits that people love touching, pulling, and pushing. I don't know if we're gonna very timidly like dip our toes back into that immersive installation art water. I worry about all of the kind of factory obscuras of the world. Yeah, but like we did. You know, there was swimming after the Spanish flu, you know, there was, there was dancing, there was swing dancing came about, right? There was even more contact. Um, again, like, you know, this isn't, this isn't the end, this isn't the end of humanity. This is the end of a certain type of stupidity of humanity, right? 
Um, and I think what we more likely to find is, yeah, we may be take, checking. I mean, not that it's super effective, right? But like we may find people having every time you go into a building, you may have to have your temperature shaken, right? Particularly when an outbreak happens. Like the second an outbreak happens, it's like temperatures, everybody. And then that'll just be built into uh, doors. There'll just be a temperature camera on a door. You'll walk up to the door. The door will not open. And you'll get a text message that pops up and says, like, please report to your local urgent care. You've got a fever. Right? Like, that's that's what will happen there. Because otherwise, if no one can ever touch, we just, we, you know, Bye bye humanity, and as Charlie's putting pointing out in the audience text, that's also how we'll find all the vampires. So you know they won't they they will look for hot and we'll look for really cold. Um, I'm not sure if that works for mummies though, because I don't know if mummies are normal body temperature or not. Someone right. needs to research that. Or like um, lizard people. <laughs> mm. Mm, yeah, the lizard people. Well, I mean, this is all the fault of the lizard people after all. Um, <laughs> But but do you do you are, so yeah so so we're we are concerned. I mean I think I think there's it, there will be a lot of pressure, I think on us, and anyone from the squad want to jump in, um, I think there'll be a lot of pressure on us to change. But I think that we also need to make sure that our industry is being held to the same to to some set of standards that make sense when looking at like cosmetology, um you know, restaurants and health care providers, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that's what the standard is now. I mean, like if you go to, if you work at a restaurant, if you work at cosmetology, you, um, you know, a lot of people, I have a lot of friends that are makeup artists. Um, you got to change brushes. You have to have separate brushes for everybody. There's, there's, there are rules that are set up to protect, you know, the client and the, the audience and not just, uh, not just the performers. Those rules protect everybody. And, the thing is, we've already we're an industry that's already been ramping up to start regulating itself. We've been already making changes in how we do things. Like with the escape room industry, we've been we've been changing uh, you know how we we deal with uh, emergency exits. We've uh, already been changing and thinking about and talking about how we deal with uh, in immersive theater. Uh, you know, controlling the behavior of the audience uh, for safety of both audience and for actors. We've been changing how actors interact with people. This is just one more thing. You know, I mean. You got to wash your hands. You got to make sure you're not sick. And you know, probably we're going to see, probably we're going to see more understudies. I mean, it's going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, just. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, I think the standards for operations are going to change a lot. I think there's going to be a heavier focus on on deep sterilization. I think that just makes sense, anyways. But it's definitely going to become a requirement. I think it's just going to be, you know, I'm choosing not to be very doom and gloom about it because I I don't see the sense in that, um, not to go off on a tangent, but I just, I don't see the point in um, focusing on the worst of what could happen. What I'm choosing to do and what I'm finding very helpful for my personal and emotional well-being is to, you know, do the Mr. Rogers and look for the helpers and, and think ahead to all of the exciting possibilities that will come out of this once we can just get through it. And in my mind, I think some really beautiful art is going to be created because of this. And I think some really innovative art is going to be created in the meanwhile. 
I I concur on on pretty much all of that. I mean, I'm I'm a little focused on things like the standards and whatnot, just so that our folks are have a seat at the table and are leading some of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I I reached out to the DCA the other day, uh, and actually somewhere in, in the show notes I'll put because I got um the DCA gave me like uh, some links. They're assembling some lists of like artist relief stuff, so that'll go in the show notes. I'll dig it out of my email, so it'll actually be on the podcast show notes. Um, that's going to be local to Los Angeles. But like, I mean, you know, we've been talking to them already about the Olympics, right? Like, you know, how can LA get ready for the Olympics? And this will definitely influence, you know, the thinking around how LA is going to get ready for the Olympics. But when I was in meetings with, with, you know, a lot of other arts organizations, you know, one of the things that was interesting to me was like, uh, people weren't looking ahead. People weren't thinking about some of the structural issues. And, we, because we're on the front lines of these, these the innovation also requires us to be innovative around things like regulations and innovative around permitting and innovative, innovative around, you know, guest security and safety and comfort and experience. Like we talk about it's experience design, right? And that's part of the experience. Yeah, I think, I think we just need to be more mindful. Look, it's, it's too soon to say, in my opinion, uh, what will or won't be safe and acceptable. We're still, it's so early days right now that it's hard to say like, you know, one minute we're thinking it's it's transmitted through somebody coughing on you. Next thing it's like, oh, you can't be within six feet of them. So until we have a little bit more information and um, standards in place around the actual disease itself, it's hard for me personally to speculate on how we're going to go about remedying things. But what I can say is that I think it's going to bring about an industry-wide change in how we approach audience throughput in general. It's going to require a lot more thinking around experience design, which I think, you know, isn't a bad thing. Anthony, where are you at? Um, I just keep coming back. You know, I, I always frame this stuff around the fact that I've got kids and I'm, I'm learning wonderful new things about uh, disease transmission every day. Um, you know, oh God. I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, uh, schools don't shut down cause there's a lice infestation. You know, they send a bunch of kids home and they put out pamphlets and everybody shows up three days later with haircuts. Um, pink eye will go through a college dorm like nothing. And it's just as, you know, it, it's, it's highly, it's, it's the viral form of pink eye is really super easy to trans, uh, transmit we just learn new ways of dealing with them and i think you know as an industry as a whole we have to both you know again as audience members and as creators come to it with the idea that we need to protect ourselves and protect each other and if you if you are if you take the time and are thoughtful about it and most most of these shows are really thoughtful about it if you take the time and you're thoughtful about it and about how your interactions happen and when they happen, where they happen and why they happen, um, it, it's something you can build into your routines. Um, and it's something you can build into your show. I mean, like, you know, you can have an excuse, uh, just thinking off the cuff, you know, you can make an excuse to spill something and clean it up, you know, and that can be like a, a quick, you know, sanitation that happens during the show. You know, you, I mean, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, but I mean, you're right. It. You're right. I just like, it's like, <laughs> 
Look, it's spilled. not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> I went to the show, and every time I entered the room, someone had just spilled something, was yep. cleaning vigorously. Hey, that just saved us 30 seconds of throughput. So, uh, clever, clever, Anthony. I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> I mean, like, look, look, I'm going to take it back, and it's going to sound utterly ridiculous, and my kid just finished his, his first online troop meeting, okay, because that's the new world we live in right now. They're doing Boy Scouts through Zoom. Um, <laughs> he's looking at me funny. Uh, plug your ears, son. Uh, you know, you go, you go to an old school strip club, and those are going to still be around, by the way, when we're done with this, just just for relative, relativity. Um, you know, they clean up the poles between each other. Like, they wipe them down. They sanitize them, because that's how that has to work. We, I know it's going to sound really, really weird, but we have to start thinking like that. We have to start thinking about how we protect the next person who comes along. And if that means we just are wiping down chairs constantly, like you say, or if it means that we have to just, you know, do a, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you, you know, scenario, you know, that might be what it is. And just, we got we got to rethink it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of gloves are going to come back. You know, a lot of, a lot of Victorian and Edwardian shows are going to happen, like, right off the, right off the jump. You know, it's like slowly but surely kind of have everybody coming back. And that's, it's, it's a little facetious, but also at the same time, not entirely, like, I'm the, excited the, for post quarantine fashion. Like, I think it's gonna be lit. Oh, I'm. I want. I, I'm like cloaks are coming back. Just like things that keep people away from each other. You know, like yeah, just man. like let's you're, you're let's lean big. into the innovation. Let's lean into the fashion of it all. I can't. I can't let myself think too much about all of the doom and gloom because I think that what's coming out of this is real innovation and real creativity. Obviously, we have to deal with the practical reality that we are in a very, uh, we are in uncharted waters. But I, I, I very much look forward to when we get the OK Go, seeing how people emerge from this in the most creative and innovative ways. Yeah, and I'm and Definitely. I'm and, oh. and to build off what Anthony was saying, um, not just to protect the audience members, but also the cast and the crew, right? Like audience members shouldn't be coming to shows when they're sick and they should be aware that like, Hey, we've got performers who might be pregnant or have underlying health conditions. So let's all work together to make the, a better environment for everyone. Yeah. Well, I think there's been kind of, and I don't know if this is just an American mentality or if this is a human mentality, but there's been this kind of, uh, shame in in showing weakness like if you're sick you don't take a sick day you come into work anyways because you know heaven forbid people think that you're not productive or ambitious and i think that we are seeing a cultural shift now i think it has taken something as drastic as this for people to realize if i'm not feeling well i need to stay home i need to distance myself and i'm really hoping that people start adhering to that once we do you know reemerge. Well- well, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna rely on employers, um, and you know, not, also not to get political. I know to, to quote Noah's course, it's gonna re- require employers to recognize that there's value in not having your workers be at work when they are sick. It's got to happen, and it's yeah, and it's also a change that has to happen, and I don't know how it's gonna happen, but it's got to happen within this industry as well. I mean. Part of the thing that we have for Los Angeles, and this has to do with space, and it has to do with um, how our shows are very ethereal and transient. Um, we don't tend to look. If I spend one hundred and fifty bucks on a show, right, that I really, really want to see, and it's sold out, and it sells out in the first ten, fifteen minutes, and that show 
you know, may or may not come back again. It may have, you may, may do a redo, may not. And I get sick, mm-hmm. you know, for our group of people, for the folks who go to see these type of things, we don't, a lot of us don't carry a lot of cash, you know? And so 150 bucks is not a small drop in the pocket. It's not something that's easy to give away. It's not something uh, it's easy to miss out on, especially if you made that kind of commitment and everything that goes with it to go spend that $150 worth of, of time on, you know, a piece of entertainment that's important to you. Because of the way that we work and because of the way that these shows are, um, even long-running ones, you know, if you miss out on a show, because I know that that's happened to a lot of people right now with, with everything that's happened, if you miss out on a show, you know, do you go if you're sick? You know, do you go if you're not? You know, the um, the FOMO is real. I mean, there's the FOMO side of it for the stuff that is that is only going to have a short run. And then there's the financial side of it. And I think something that was interesting was right the, right when the, the the shows were still running in New York. And I remember seeing for the first time ever, like, Then She Fell put out a, hey, you know, you can buy ticket insurance in case you can't come. And and there's there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen around sort of changing standards of behaviors. And I think you're right, Anthony. Some of it's going to come down to what employers allow. I think, you know, Charlie's in the, uh, the chat right now and saying like, she's saying like her, she doesn't expect, uh, uh, the, um, the, that will still remember to wash her hands over this, like you being like a little pessimistic, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, like the people on the standards birthday is ruined. The and, ABCs are ruined. And, and I think, but I think like, I think it comes down to liability, right? You know, like where, where's the liability put since when it comes to business, it's usually about insurance and liability and who's, who holds the risk. And there were things we saw, you know, when the, when the states of emergency were called upon and when a few other things occurred, you know, some of these were these sort of ritualistic things you had to do under the law in order to call forth, you know, the powers of the federal government or in order to like put the liability somewhere. So then once once the government says, you know, we're ordering this, do not do this, then if someone goes in violation of that order, it falls on them. The government says, we told you so, you didn't obey. Now we're not financially responsible. This is exactly why it's hard to get a permit to do a show in Los Angeles is because the city of L.A. doesn't want to be financially responsible if there's an accident, right? Like this is just... And I think the more of our folks who understand how this works, the more producers and creators understand that this is sort of the the hidden code of our world, um, the the less will be knocked off balance when things happen, and the more we'll be able to actually focus on being innovative and getting stuff done, uh, because these are the actual conditions. These are the things we're working with all the time, whether we know it or not. Um, let's come away from the mid and long-term future and let's focus a little bit on the now. What are, what are folks doing now? Catherine, you've had this turn. Kara, I want to go to you. What are, what are you up to? You've put together a fantastic list of things for indoor kids. 
Thanks. Well, and so, thank, thanks to you to? for suggesting I <laughs> aggregate it all into a spreadsheet, which, you know, was going to happen. Anyone who knows me knows that a spreadsheet was a coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I didn't I didn't I didn't want to have to do I didn't have to go through your <laughs> Facebook comments and be like, oh, OK, this is an escape room. Oh, that, yeah, oh that's no. a board game that can go on there. I'm just like, I'm going to link. It. <laughs> I'm just gonna link and look, I also I want to thank you personally for dubbing me the queen of the f- spreadsheet of fun, because that just, is like. Ooh. That is the coolest thing I've ever been called. <laughs> oh, come on, Karen. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping you've had cooler things than Queen of the Spreadsheet. But uh, I'm also glad that you appreciate being called the no. Queen of the Spreadsheet of Fun. It could have come Just look out for that T-shirt coming out later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah. So what I did, uh, for those who don't know me, I, I was formerly in L.A., uh, co-creator of a company called Interwoven Immersive, and I was a no-pro video correspondent. And then I moved out here to Santa Fe um, to work at Meow Wolf. Uh, and I've been pushing for months now for my friends and I to try and figure out ways to like do remote games or online watch parties just because I miss them. And it's, it's kind of sad that it took a pandemic for us to really mobilize. But uh, what I did was I... Oh, thank you for linking to that, Catherine. I just saw that you put that in the chat. Um, I just put out a call on Facebook and said, hey, guys, does anyone have recommendations for puzzles, games, escape rooms, whatever, stuff to keep you occupied? I'll start. Um, My uh, first recommendation was for PuzzledPint.com. I'm a co-host of the Puzzled Pint here in Santa Fe, and I I think they're great. And they post all their puzzles up on the website after the fact. Um, So that kind of got the ball rolling, and people started commenting, and then Noah wisely suggested I... (laughs) create a document and now we have an awesome spreadsheet that's really growing every day and people are loving it people are messaging me out of the blue strangers or messaging me just because I think people are looking for something other than watching movies and tv and and it's look some of us have been very active online for many years and other people this is a whole new world for them and I'm just trying to bring a little joy. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the website, if you're looking for it, is uh, we just came up with a tiny URL.com slash indoor kids guide. So check it out. Lots of great recommendations. If you have anything to add, please click and comment at the bottom. Fantastic. I think I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed over the past week has been watching people jump into the teeth of this and respond in a positive fashion. And, and that goes to show with the fact that there's like, you know, 19 things, including a bunch of brand new work in, in our guide. And then there's the links to your guide. And I know like someone else is running around, like people are just compiling stuff and we're going to see so much. And, and, you know, we'll probably once we're all back to normal, you know, we'll keep this, thread alive right like this this won't go away it's kind of like uh matt, matt bamberg johnson the speakeasy society was like uh, just texted me uh or facebook messaged me um he there's uh right now at least at least for the moment and i and i i don't know if restaurants are going to be closed up because of the essential business thing uh but we've had this like glorious couple of days where there's curbside cocktail pickup so at Little Dom's in Los Feliz, you can get uh, a, a mason jar filled of the of different cocktails um, mm-hmm. just to go. You can't drink it on the street. Oh, they can't stop me. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> one of technically them is like, they can, like legally. Uh, I mean, legally they can, but it's just a mason jar. Yeah, I mean, it's just a mason jar oh full God. of a clear liquid. Like, I just want to be clear that Rachel to bail you out, me and Rachel. Noah's opinions do not reflect those of the other members of this podcast. Rachel Stoll would totally bail me out if I was caught drinking out of a mason jar. Uh, I know, but so, I don't want to have to ask her for well, you. I mean, look, here's here's what I have to say is that Matthew got his penicillin. I may not because I think little doms may not be able to be open, but we had for 48 glorious hours in Los Angeles and maybe 72 glorious hours in New York City, it was possible to go up to a uh, restaurant that had a bar and order a cocktail to go. Uh, as if the whole world had become New Orleans. And it's something that I hope we keep. I mean, clearly not consuming the street, not drinking your car, but it worked out to $9 a drink, which is a pretty good cocktail price in Los Angeles, I got to say. And uh, I think we should we should hold on to that. It should be well, something we keep. You do know that the, the ABC, uh, uh, you know, alcohol uh, uh, beverages and whatever it is, um, the ABC uh, who commission who runs you know the alcohol in California, they're working on loosening those those uh, those restrictions yes. and those laws. So yes. um, expect Good. expect that you will find uh, to go drinks more around as uh, as bars have closed, and you'll expect to see delivery more. Um, and there are probably some sites if you dig around that do in fact deliver alcohol. So. For the record, well, yeah, there's sites to deliver. Um, for the record, I, I I'm not a I'm not a big drinker. Uh, so <laughs> the thought of actually getting a full <laughs> mason jar, like there was like four penicillins, because the problem is, is like I know if I got it, I would actually drink four of them and I go. I'd be like, this is gonna, this is not a good idea, everybody, um, for me. Um, but I just I love I love the idea. I love the idea of picking up a party pack, um, and just like hey, you know, batch cocktails to go. Um, so that's been, that's been a positive thing. Um, Anthony, what have you seen? What have you seen that's been, uh, raising the spirits here? Um, what is this? Patrick's like LA police blotter headline. No pro Noah does no good on the go. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, the, the real thing that I've seen is, um, is for all the folks who've both been online and some of us who have been online and been absentee for a while, uh, the new rediscovery of, of the wonder of um, things like Discord and Zoom and uh, you know general general chats. I mean, like I'm an old Teamspeak for those of you guys who used to it. You remember that one um, on my MMOs, and uh, I'm looking at how people are now starting to use these things um, outside of the corporate world, outside of the gaming world, um, to reconnect and to use them as uh, not only as tools, as we were talking about the other night. Uh, in the peanut gallery, um, not only as tools for the show, but just as tools as kind of hanging out. Um, I've literally spent the last five nights uh, here on Discord and a couple other channels, uh, drinking and singing and gaming with people. So it's been um, it's been really interesting. I've actually felt a little bit more connected as a a, a parent of uh, two relatively small kids uh, that I've been in a long while. So it's kind of neat. Yeah, I've, I'm I'm looking at the tools we are currently using and kind of regretting that we didn't access them before. Um, you know, Ross and I, and Will jumped in for a bit. We did a test recording last night and just like hung out and talked for a while. And 
the the quality with this tool we're using was great it was just like this is fantastic um and you know back in the day we were using zencaster a bit and then like when zencaster came out of beta it stopped being as reliable which is very ironic um and unbeknownst to many it like completely messed up a recording that we did between room escape artist and um ARGN and and us and that was sort of the last straw and when I sort of stopped us doing these kinds of things and now here we are and it's in discord and we're doing a recording and hopefully it's going to go just fine but the fact that like after this you know in in probably a few minutes here we'll all just pile into the peanut gallery and everyone who wasn't part of the recording will just you know we'll all just be able to be on the party line and uh keep on keep on chopping it up and keep on talking and that's that's makes me you know giddy you know we we did a test of meet the other night uh and uh, google meet google hangouts again uh which used to be great and then got bad and then went away and now is behind a paywall but they loosened up a little bit so we were, we were playing around testing it and then afterwards we jumped in here just to see what it might be like. And you know, the, the, the Google time was super awkward, but once we were in the peanut gallery, people spent like three hours just like chatting. Uh, and it was fantastic. I will say, um, we've been kind of using, my friend group has been using a combination of different resources. Like I've been doing a lot of watch parties. We've been watching, uh, you know, dispatches from elsewhere and Westworld and anything, anything that people are interested in watching right now. Uh, and we'll use Google Hangouts or Google Meet so that we can chat uh, in text form and then in between ads or after episodes go on to video chat. But another great use for uh, the combination of both Discord and Google Hangouts is live trivia. We've had a couple different friends uh, experimenting with live trivia nights, either on Facebook Live or on Discord. And then teams having separate group video chats to deliberate on answers on Google Hangouts. And it's actually a really great combination. And uh, I don't think that there's any one solution tool. I think it's kind of a combination therein. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we're we're going to be messing around um, next week with some AMAs, uh, doing like voice chat AMAs. And we're going to mess around with... Uh, the salon format. We're going to take what we were doing at the old design summit and what we were going to be doing it here and finding a way to like recreate salons and town halls. Uh, and I think discord is going to give us a lot of room to do that, but like we're going to, we're going to keep on finding new tools. What was, you know, this, what was that? Um, what should we call it? Uh, the, the, the phone app that was the trivia, what trivia HQ, HQ defunct, HQ trivia is defunct now. Like yeah. it like died a couple of months ago. Oh man, just, just think if they had managed to survive like I know one I, I, more month, one more one month. Of, one of my <laughs> funniest memories of last year at South by which RIP, I don't even want to talk about it, but well, last year not, at South yeah. by, we were all at a, at a premiere back. party for one of the films. I don't even remember which film it was. It doesn't matter. And all of a sudden somebody shouted out it's HQ time. And then literally the entire bar just took out their phones and started playing. Like it was so mm popular for a, for a hot minute there and I, I wish it had uh, I wish it had lasted 
Yeah, that's cla- that's that's a classic old school South by move though. Like everyone's all totally into an app. I mean, that's why yeah. Twitter exists, right? <laughs> you know, those those years when it was like, what's the hot new app this year? I remember one year it was what was it? it was Foursquare versus Gowalla, right? Like I'm that yeah. old school of a tech reporter. But um, speaking of South by, and I wish Will was still on the call. Um, last night I joined in, uh, I finally got my Oculus Quest and I joined into his VR chat and it was like a bunch of really interesting people that were sad that they couldn't meet up at South by and they had kind of created a sort of alien version of South by feeling Austin with like, it, it was incredible. So if you have VR and you're not already, I, I highly recommend using that as a as a tool. Everybody had picked strange avatars. I was Frankenstein. It was great. Nice. Yeah, VR chat, uh, and we've got a link in, in the community section of our indoor kids post, and also that's at the top of the newsletter. Uh, there's like a, a quick go-to guide about it. Uh, VR chat's been around for a while. It's user-generated worlds, user-generated avatars, et cetera, et cetera. The Quest is definitely more like a consumption you tool for it as opposed to the Rift and I think Vive where you can like do a lot of building and it's got a very a very DIY thing, but I can imagine they're they're going to have a little renaissance right now and um, it'll be interesting to like look at, you know, what's going to go on there and what's going to go on with like alt space and and a lot of these um a lot of these services you don't you don't need a headset to join some of them right like rec room doesn't require a headset i don't no, think pc Allspace does either yeah yeah so for anyone yeah. who thinks that they can't go play in vr chat you you can so that would be cool yeah. yeah. The thing that I like the most about it, especially because I think I'm I'm sure I'm not alone that I miss human contact um, right now and it's only going to get worse, was it, because of the spatial audio and the way that it's designed, like it is directional sound. So, for instance, when I first got into the room, I was a little late and Will found me and was like, here, follow me. And then I physically followed his avatar into another room and the distant noise kind of got quieter. And then we could have a a quiet conversation about how the chat functioned. It was just, it felt like being at a party, even though, you know, this is not the future that I want. (laughs) But for now, it's a great, it's a great workaround. Yeah. Well, and I think, and we're going to be so familiar with these tools in a, in a couple of months and comfortable with them. And that's, that's when the emergent behavior starts to, to happen. And that's going to, that's going to get interesting. Like I'm, I'm sort of excited to see how that all goes, particularly because, you know, it's not like we can't go outside. That's something that like, you know, California's now under the, the whole of California is under the rule right now. Uh, as of a little bit before we started recording, but you know, the governor's like, no, you can go out, go walk your dog, you know, just, you know, stay away from people. Um, kind of hoping that like, it's legal to like poke people with a stick if they get too close because someone got too close today and I really wanted to poke them with a stick, but I didn't have a stick. And again, Noah's opinions do not reflect those of other podcasters. No, this dude walked within two feet of me. Like he practically like, you know, purposely breathed on me. I was like, what is wrong with people? Um, What's wrong with people is they, they don't, they don't know what's going on. uh, Or people are stupid. I'm not going to, it's like idiocracy. We're living it. It's very upsetting. Dude, We'd be in such better hands if, like, Camacho was president. Though. Camacho. Oh, my God. So, yes. like, <laughs> you know, I mean, President come on. Camacho, where are you? Come, that guy, that guy takes charge. Like, you know, the buck stops with Camacho because he killed the buck uh, with his bare hands. Um, anyway. In an arena. 
Should we all go watch Idiocracy? What's it streaming on now? I yeah, we should Idiocracy. definitely do a group watch. On a related note, um, speaking of movies, I've been you know making jokes about everybody meeting me at the Winchester to wait this whole thing out. And then did you guys see today that uh, Simon Pegg um, posted a video of of basically like the updated version of that? I oh, wow. I, yeah, I, I retweeted it. it. Hold on, I'm gonna post the link in the chat and um, <laughs> yeah, here we go. It's uh, at Simon Pegg. <laughs> Yeah, this is great. Um, but yeah, it, he, it's the hero we needed. <laughs> nice. If Just only me. you had a real lightsaber, that's like six feet away, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, it, it's unfortunately, it is only three meters. Sorry. <gasps> no, three feet. Three Wait, feet. Three it, meters would be... Um, sorry, yes. sorry, sorry. Uh, it's a no, meter. It's a meter. Sorry. Right. It's a meter long. Three feet, three feet, yes. But still. All right. You know. So two lightsabers. So people are six feet away on either side. Darth Maul style. <laughs> rock and roll. Yeah. Um, okay. On that note, uh, since we are getting the case of the sillies, is there anything that anyone wants to point out or anything that's like launching in the next couple of days or in the week to come? Oh, um, oh. The Under Presents just got an update and there's going to be some more big announcements soon. <laughs> Oh, so I'm I'm excited on Siobhan's show. That's actually I, I'm I'm been talking to my wife about it because I'm like, hey, hon, you know, broken tone, broken bone bathtub. She's like, yeah. I'm like, that show I was raving about. She's like, yeah. I'm like, she's doing a, sh- a show online. We're getting tickets. She's like, okay. So we're gonna make that happen because um, I'm excited about that show and it's also got an amazing name. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you know, please don't touch the artists or other people <laughs> or your face. I mean, it's 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 topical. And yet it's new. So I'm looking forward to see what she does because uh, she brings good theater. And while it's not immersive, that title reminds me of uh, the title of uh, one of Fiona Al- uh, Apple's albums. And it got buried in this week's news. But she's almost done with her new album and has been working on it for a while. And uh, it was recorded entirely at her house in Venice because Fiona Apple doesn't really leave her house. And so I don't think there could be a better everyone stuck inside quarantine gift than a new Fiona Apple album that was recorded because she's effectively a shut in. And now we all get it while we're all shut ins. I mean, that's kind of really beautiful. And yes, Catherine put it up in the audience text. Um, and I love the billboard. It says like confirms new album title, but like doesn't have the album title there. But the album title is also it is from a line that Gillian Anderson says in one of those British detective shows that Gillian uh, Anderson is always starring in. Fetch the bolt cutters, yes. So uh, which just just five levels of swoon for me there. Uh, just yeah. Anyway, uh, more on that later. Uh, so that's it. That's it for us for now. Um, unless anyone had, did anyone have anything else? Anything else going once, going I'm just excited for all the game nights. We just found out that Secret Hitler has an online version that you can play. So we're organizing group hangouts for that. Oh. Yeah, dude. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, check the spreadsheet. I'm not trying to plug anything. I gained nothing from you checking my spreadsheet other than you having a nicer quarantine. Um, check it out. We'll keep adding to it. Oh. Have a nice quarantine, everyone. Yeah. Have, a, Have a great quarantine. Happy quarantine. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll do more of this later because it's, it's fun. And now where I'm going to do the magic things that end the recording and uh, the rest of you 
uh, go meet us in the peanut gallery for the for the after show after party, uh, <laughs> which normally I think people wouldn't do. But because what else we got to do? Uh, so, yeah, go meet us in the peanut gallery, everybody. We'll see you in. Uh, I'll see you guys in a couple of seconds. Once again, I want to thank everyone who was on the show. That would be David Spira, Ricky Briganti, Will Cherry, Catherine Yu, Anthony Robinson, and Kara Mandel. Uh, indeed, uh, this is uh, this is some of the shape of things. We'll still be doing one-on-one interviews. Uh, we will probably often do them live. Uh, we will do them um, in the Discord because that we can't meet face to face with folks. Uh, will be probably there'll be some that are focused on business some that are focused on activism some that are focused on you know things that are emerging and coming up uh you know big questions design questions we'll do intellectual ones we'll do fun ones we'll do hangouts uh whatever it takes going forward you noted at the end i left the bit where we said we'll see you in the peanut gallery the peanut gallery is the open party line in the here discord so Feel free to drop on by anytime. Again, get an invite uh, over in the NoPro Slack. Uh, we we tend to put it up uh, once a day, whatever. The, we, we keep it limited. And in time, like I said, you know, we'll probably be doing some stuff when it comes to uh, the Patreon. But for the next two weeks, uh, <laughs> get in while the getting's good. Um, and uh, we're going to, we'll grandfather some folks in. Um, you know. Unless our entire system changes and then we'll, you know, I would gladly do this show for absolutely free, you know, without a doubt. So I don't know. Someone give this to Jeff Bezos. Just, you know, give me, you know, $200 million and I'll just keep on doing the show. for him. <laughs> He won't miss it. A billion is a lot of money, people. Let's just let's be real about that. Uh, a billion's huge. Um, all right. Uh, numbers. We're all we're all starting to learn how to do them. Thank you all. Uh, I hope this has been um, uh, what you needed today. Uh, I know it's what I needed last night. I know it's what I needed to do. And I don't want to, you've spent the past like two hours listening to my voice. So I'm just going to stop as soon as humanly possible. Thank you all who are in the Patreon. Thank you to the 20 new backers. Thank you to the six folks who upped and uh, to the seven folks who had to drop out. I totally get it. Uh, Let's keep on expanding it. Patreon.com slash no persinium. The sustaining backers of No Persinium are Mark Baltazar, Jan Budman, Paul F., Lonnie Hanson, Ari Hurston, Sam Kinkin, Sidney Guillory, Jeremy Charles Hahn, and Brittany. Uh, and music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. We will continue to do everything we can until we can no longer function. So uh, we'll keep you going. You keep us going. That's the deal. Item fun item. Huh. Um, I realized the old sign-off isn't going to work in this era. Uh, geez, I don't have one. Um, mm, now I do. All right. Uh, this has been No Persinium. I'm your host, Noah Nelson. And until next time, I'll see you in the peanut gallery. Boom!
brilliant. Great. So yeah, and Catherine's connected. Wonderbar. And where's the other thing? And okay. All I have I have recording going. I think we all do. Anthony, do Great. you you've got yours going? Oh, yeah, just take that link and paste it into uh, Chrome and then type your name in. Hit Opus Continuous, <laughs> which sounds like <laughs> a Harry Potter spell. Wingardium Leviosa, Opus Continuous, Maximus. Antonius Rex has Opus Continuous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's right there, though. It's right there. All right, let's see. What's in. Um... That's a new lore mission. Uh, so let's we're kind of doing a, a little midpoint here. We'll just drop this in the middle. Patrick's asking for online content. Should it be a goal to try to create work that's evergreen, that is always accessible and can be reviewed and built on for pioneering forward? Uh, I think it. I mean, just because it's online doesn't mean that it isn't um, an instance or transient, right? Like or ephemeral. Um, in fact, I think there's a big push around. I mean, that's the whole point of Instagram Live. Right. Uh, and Instagram stories is people people hated the fact that everything they do is um, is recorded and held forever. In fact, I almost say like one of the one of the possible appeals to immersive as a whole is the fact that it is ephemeral. So not necessarily you know um, I think but there's that, room for both right like yeah, yeah. that ARG is. The minute you buy it, it starts, and then it unfolds over a couple of days. Yeah. So it's, and, like, kind of canned, but also feels live. Right. And and I think there's something where it's, like, something that's structural that can, like, you know, can be stood back up, right? You can come back around to it. Like, that's a strength. You know, you can just redeploy, you know. Like, if Kate Lane wanted to, you know, do some more AIUs, or if she wanted to, you know, bring back, you know... Um, dead play or something like that right like there's there's things there's things she can do uh in that format uh or live play live play is the one that's just her right so um she can like you know tap back into that um yeah you're not you're not bounded in quite the same way um like it's more of a, of a script but i also think that people will look for the the ephemeral nature so there that'll that'll go on after the show credits we'll do stuff like that um Anyone else? Anyone else got anything in audience text they'd want to pop off? Okay, let's do this, and we'll we'll do some more towards the end. We'll do we'll do a post rule thing. Okay.